Thank you, Paul, for reading those so well. Um, and these verses will be relevant a little bit later in the sermon, but I hope that you will have them in the back of your mind as we think about these topics. I woke up to the news, some of you may have seen it as well, that Louisiana has declared a state of emergency in preparation for another potential hurricane. And this is crazy on its own, but it's crazy to me because my sister and her family just got home from staying with us last week because of Hurricane Laura, and chunks of Louisiana I know still don't have power. Meanwhile, wildfires are raging on the West Coast, and there's flooding on the East Coast, and our whole country has been groaning with protest and the need for racial justice. And this is all on top of the COVID-19 pandemic. I know I'm not telling you anything new. Everything about this year signals that we can't go on as usual. And it seems like every time we try to, something else happens, one thing after another. And to me, it feels like our hands are being forced and we have just got to learn better ways of treating each other and better ways of treating the earth. We don't have a choice. And what I'm learning through all of this is that no matter how I respond, what I do or don't do, none of this is enough if I'm not at peace in my own body. Because so much is happening, I'm in a heightened state of anxiety or low mood or stress. At any given point, you may be able to relate. And this constant stress is taking a toll on my body and I'm noticing that I can't deal with things like I used to. I can't push through as easily as I once could. My body is just carrying too much. Our bodies are carrying too much and everything about this moment in time, this crazy year is telling us that we can't go on as usual. We have to learn better ways of treating ourselves beginning with our bodies, the bodies we live in. So even though we put this embodiment series on our calendar way back in early February, it is both fitting and timely. And as I was preparing for this sermon, I started thinking about this activity that I did with my daughter earlier this week during our first week of pre-K homeschooling. And along with all the typical subjects, I decided to add some emotional and spiritual learning to our days together. And so this week we started with something called a butterfly body scan, and I linked to that in the guide if you're interested in that resource. But it was a meditation that required her to lay down, close her eyes, and imagine a colorful butterfly flitting around her. The butterfly would occasionally land on parts of her body, and each time it did, she would imagine that specific part, her head, her shoulders, her back, her knees, becoming super relaxed. Body scans are meant to help us get in tune with our bodies so that we're able to be fully present in the moment, fully accepting of the moment we're in. And for four-year-old Cozy, I couldn't believe how, how well it worked. I had never tried something like this with her before, and she was totally into it. 
It seemed so effortless for her, so natural as if it were meeting some need I didn't realize she had. And I think were we to do this kind of thing more often, we might discover the same thing too that we also have a deep need for this kind of thoughtful attention toward our bodies. And I'm reminded of one of our staff meetings a couple of weeks ago. We were checking in with each other like we always do. And Fran was talking about a stressful situation she was in and she mentioned how it was causing a lot of brain fog, which was making it hard for her to remember things or perhaps do her work as efficiently as normal. Matt related to this, noting how the high level of stress he was experiencing was making breathing difficult, his back was having pains, and it made me think about my own bodily stress response. And for me, I feel a constant tension in my neck as if the weight of the world has settled on my shoulders and I wonder have you thought about this have you noticed a connection between your mental or emotional angst and the tension in your body have you thought about what your body is needing or asking of you in these moments a friend of mine um, she shared a Facebook status this week from a gal named Rihanna Shaw Robinson who is a pastor at Oakland City Church in California and I felt these words so much to my core I wanted to share them with you and I hope you receive them now all it said was this beloveds if you are able take a deep breath then take another Unclench your jaw, pull your shoulders down from your ears, drink a glass of water, remember that you are loved. See, we have this innate need to connect with our bodies, to develop an embodied intuition. And our need for this has spiritual relevance. More than that, it has Easter relevance because we've got Good Friday trauma living in us and we need the healing and wholeness of a bodily resurrection. And yet, the church has not prioritized this reality. In fact, it is often done the opposite. Christianity has generally been suspicious of embodiment. It has pitted us against our own bodies. It has taken a dualistic posture, glorifying the spiritual, demonizing the physical, and it has used our sacred text to teach us that our bodies can't be trusted. And as a direct result, many of us live our lives disconnected from our bodies. And this is how we develop unhealthy, shame-filled relationships with overwork, burnout, food, image, sex, you name it. On top of this disconnect, we carry trauma in our bodies. And because our own faith tradition has more or less prevented us from the power of embodiment, the healing process is either slowed or non-existent. What's more? The vilification of embodiment is a problem on a systemic 
level and because we are all connected and because our resurrection work is the work of oneness we are required to turn outward even as we do our inner work and when we do here's what we discover that women are sexualized from a young age that that our bodies are made for two things, childbearing and sexual pleasure of men. We're taught we don't have control or agency over our bodies. We're blamed and shamed from the actions of men toward us. We're told to submit without question. And all of this bad theology is used to sustain the justification of violence and sexual violence toward women. Another macro pattern is that basic human dignity is denied to people of color in our society. Black and brown bodies are treated differently than white bodies, whether in our streets or at our borders. Once again, this is a reality with theological roots. These roots have nourished our political and social structures, sending the message that black and brown bodies are inferior, are untrustworthy, must be policed, must be subdued. A final macro pattern I'll mention is that harmful disembodied theology has created a posture of fear and hatred toward queer and trans and gender nonconforming bodies. Violence toward these bodies is an epidemic, and yet the church pays hardly any attention to this at all, at least when it's not contributing to the problem. Now I know that there's more to this than just bad theology. But we are the church, and as the church, we have to collect our people and our doctrine. It is our responsibility to right these wrongs. This is simply another part of our work as we seek to be a more embodied, whole, and healed people. I believe developing an embodied intuition, making it a spiritual practice, will bring us into a fuller relationship with God. This divine intimacy postures us to better listen to God, God in us, and to live more intuitively because we are living in sync with spirit as intended. This listening is so important, especially now in these times, so that we aren't manipulated by politicians or religious institutions or anyone else. No matter what context we are in, we are always going to see teachers and leaders and speakers have conflicting opinions, ideas, and perspectives. And we need to know our own convictions and have a belief in our own conscience because we are never, ever, ever going to please anyone. or We're never going to please everyone, ever. Even as we function in community and walk alongside each other, we have to make peace with our own work and our own listening process. To one person you may be a heretic and to another you'll never be woke enough. Regardless, at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own solid foundation of belief and practice. We've got to know how to listen for ourselves, and this requires an embodied intuition. Becoming in tune to our embodiment connects us more deeply with each other, and it wakes us up to how connected we already are with each other, even though we don't always embrace this connection. 
Learning to embrace it is important though because we need each other to understand our personal and collective traumas. Gloria Anzualda said, we always inherit the past problems of family, community, and nation. And I agree, this is trauma. And I believe that this trauma lives on in our bodies. Trauma from our own tragic experiences. Trauma from our physical and mental and emotional and spiritual exhaustion but also trauma from historical wounds, pain from our parents, the pain of our ancestors. Any woman awake enough will tell you about her experience of the feminine wound, and it goes deeper than her individual self. Many people of color, especially black and indigenous people in our country, will tell you about the generational wound they inherited. It is unwanted, but it is theirs to bear. When I learn enough about my grandmother's story, I begin to understand that it is my story too. I know her struggles, I feel her shame, and even though she's gone three years now, I understand the aches she carried in her body. Every night, every night when I'm falling asleep, my eyes start to water, every night. And I have to wipe away unexplained tears. And I'm reminded of my grandmother wiping away her watery eyes. As we sat at the kitchen table again and again and again, her eyes were just always watering. I know without a doubt in my body that we carry the same stories and traumas. And the definition of intuition tells me that I don't have to logically explain this to you. I know it. My healing is her healing. And I'm telling you that whatever we need to heal from, individually and collectively, we ought to prioritize because our bodies will carry it and our children's will too. So we heal for the sake of our past, our ancestors, for the sake of our present, ourselves, and for the sake of our future, our children, and all of creation. And I am more and more convinced that this healing is incomplete without an embodied intuition. And if you're the type that needs permission, the Bible gives us plenty of it, starting at the very beginning with Imago Dei. 1. Genesis 1. We are made in God's own image. 2. 1 Corinthians 6. Our bodies are good. Our bodies are holy temples in which the Spirit of God dwells. 3. 1 Peter 2. We don't actually need permission because we are ourselves priests, a holy nation, God's own people, chosen, beloved, and we don't need anybody to grant us access to God's love or presence or divine wisdom. I could go on and on and on in the entirety of scripture from Yahweh to Christ. The physical is used to highlight miracles and healings. Even in this week's lectionary reading, God tells Moses, stretch out your hand three different times when parting and crossing the Reed Sea. God could have parted the sea in an instant, but no, God empowered Moses and not just Moses, but his body. Also in today's lectionary, women in Exodus singing and dancing after a victory, worshiping God, meaning their response to provision is a bodily one and God approves. Also in today's lectionary, Romans 14, it's an intersection of theological conviction, listening to your body and soul autonomy. You can go read it later. Do you see what I mean though? This was our lectionary. You can ask Paul. I didn't send him the readings until last night at like eight o'clock because I couldn't pick one. And then even then I had to pick three. And Fran has a totally different set of texts for next week, and Matt will have more the week after that. It's all throughout our sacred texts, 
bodies being used to make decisions, bodies walking with God, acting in God's name, healing, being healed, doing God's work. And we have permission to not only include our bodies in our faith experience, but to prioritize this embodiment, to honor what our physical experience is telling us. So may we honor our bodies. May we take time to breathe and stretch and be still and quiet and assess how we're feeling every day. May we understand the deeper truths our bodies tell us when we need rest, discipline, or play where we need healing. May we understand the God truths revealed to us through our own intuition. God is with us, in us, around us, among us, even now. Even in these times of collective chaos, even as the earth groans with hurricanes and earthquakes and wildfires and injustice, may our bodies remind us God dwells here. And may we believe it with all our minds, hearts, souls, and bodies. May we believe it without the need for conscious reasoning or permission or approval for anyone. May it be so. Amen.